Uh, my name is Brad. I'm the worship pastor here. And we were initially going to start <clears throat> our series on Daniel today. That's no longer happening because God had some different plans. So Pastor Tom is out and I'm, I'm kind of stepping in. And um, I, have, I do have a backup message that um, at any time, if I need to step in and preach, I have ready. But I was just sensing from the Spirit that it would be better to linger in the Lord's Supper this morning because we were going to take it uh, together as a church. So rather than maybe just take us in a completely different direction, uh, I want us to just hone on uh, the Lord's Supper. So would you just pray with me as we see what God wants to do this morning? Uh, Father, you are sovereign, which means you are in control of all things. Nothing gets by you without your notice, without your permission. Father, um, I just pray this morning, right now, in the powerful name of Jesus, all that we just sang about, what you have done for us, would we now be able to look at the Lord's Supper, and would it bring new meaning? God, would you teach us something new? Would you just help me uh, step out of the way? God, give discernment and wisdom on what to focus on and navigate, even in these uh, few moments that we have together right now, Lord, we just ask any hindrances uh, of your spirit would be gone. Anything that would prevent myself and this church family right here from receiving the goodness of God and the truth of God this morning, would that be taken captive and taken away? And we boldly ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. So the Lord's Supper becomes so critical uh, for us as, as Christians. And so what I want to do uh, this morning is I want to set it up a little bit, and then we're going to read uh, from Matthew chapter 26. And I don't know if I'm going to just kind of take a section at a time, or if I'm going to read the whole thing and just see what God wants us uh, to lean into a little bit. But before, uh, we, before we read uh, Matthew chapter 26, I, I think it's so fitting that we are doing the Lord's Supper the week after we finished the King Josiah series where we talked about Passover. So some of you already know this, but some of you may be unfamiliar that uh, Passover is strongly linked to the Lord's Supper. In fact, when Jesus is sitting with his disciples in the upper room, they are uh, coming together for Passover. They're doing the Passover meal, but Jesus brings uh, such new significance to it. And remember the Passover. It was for over 3,000 years, uh, the, the Israelites and the Jews have been practicing Passover. And, and in our text today, it had been going on for 1,000 years. And Passover was reminding God's people what he did for them, delivering them from slavery in Egypt, right? passing over the house that had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. So remember the story. Uh, Israelites want to uh, leave and, and be freed, and God sends Moses. And so Moses tells Pharaoh of Egypt, let my people go, and Pharaoh is stubborn and hard-hearted. And so what happens is God sends 10 plagues, and the last plague is the death of the firstborn male of the family. But God gives the Israelites an opportunity. He says, if you kill a lamb and put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, I will pass over your house and not judge you. The blood of the lamb, right, will set you free. You will not have to face my judgment. And that is a foreshadowing of what would happen 3,000 years later, right, when Jesus uh, would die on the cross, or excuse me, 1,000 years later when Jesus would come and, and, and die on the cross. It's this beautiful picture. And so Jesus is with his disciples toward the very end, right? He's with his disciples in the upper room. We know the story, and it's Passover, though. And what Jesus does is so significant. He takes the Passover meal with all the symbolism that, that would have been from Exodus and, and from God delivering uh, the Israelites, but now he gives it new meaning. 
he gives it new purpose and he gives it new significance, talking about uh, what he is going to do and what he is going to accomplish. It's this beautiful uh, story. And so what I want to do is is I want to read this uh, from Matthew chapter 26, starting with verse 17. Another thought that, that just came to my mind is Jesus doesn't talk a lot about his death. In fact, I I believe he only explains why he's going to die one time up to this point. You think that would be pretty important, right? To let let the disciples know what's exactly going on here. We would want some more information, but he only tells them once. It's it's when he says, I have come to be a ransom for many. I believe it's in Matthew chapter 18. And so now Jesus is saying, instead of explaining and talking about my death, I'm going to give you a picture of, through Passover about my death. So let's read, starting in verse 17. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, that's Passover, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover in your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. I find it so funny how Jesus just explains, go do this without any explanation, right? Go into the city to a certain man. Like, doesn't even give them a name, but the disciples just know what to do. Then in verse 20, it says, when it was evening, he reclined at the table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Now as they were eating, in verse 26, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples. Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it all of you for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's uh, kingdom. So Jesus is, right, that last verse, he's implying that he is going to be absent, and, and his absence is going to start. It's going to inaugurate uh, the church age, which we're still in. And what Jesus doesn't do with Passover, or at least it's not in the text, he doesn't give the significance of all the individual uh, items of the meal, uh, of the Seder meal, but instead he reinterpreted them in himself, And the focus was no longer on the suffering of Israel of Egypt, but on the sin-bearing suffering of Jesus on their behalf. And what's for us today, when we take the Lord's Supper, we look back on what Jesus has done for us. But we also look forward in hope to what Jesus will do for us one day, when he will make all things right, when he comes back as king and as judge. And so before we take the elements this morning, I, I just want us to do some more reflection Uh, One thing I want to mention is that this is for those who have trusted Jesus as their Savior. 
This is not uh, something we do uh, just because we, we show up. This is deeply meaningful. God has given us this sacrament to do, to remember what Christ has done. Just as we talked about last week in King Josiah, it had been 70 years since Passover had been done. That's like us not gathering and corporate worship are doing the Lord's Supper for 70 years. What would happen? We would forget. We would forget the cross of Jesus Christ. Now we come and we do it once a month to remember the cross of Christ. This is for those whose blood was purchased, who have trusted in Jesus as their Savior. Also, uh, the Apostle Paul in the book of Corinthians gives us some direction that we are not supposed to take the elements or take the sacraments hastily, that we're supposed to watch ourselves. And it actually goes on to use some strong language, like to condemn ourselves. Don't condemn yourself by taking it in an unworthy manner. And, And one of the ways he talks about it is if you have unforgiveness in your heart, If you have anger toward another brother or sister in Christ, you're not supposed to take the elements. In fact, you're supposed to feel the weight of not getting to participate in a family meal that's deeply important because you're not ready to take it. You need to go and forgive that person in your own heart. Maybe you need to go after the service and call someone or talk to someone. So let's just ask God right now in the quiet stillness to reveal if we have any unforgiveness in our hearts that we need to repent of and we need to make right with the church family. God, would you just reveal right now our own hearts. Sometimes, God, we are so busy doing different things, we don't even know what's going on. Would you reveal right now into our souls, God, reveal to us. Search me and know me, God. The secret places of my heart. Reveal. Help me, God. Help me, reveal to me where I need to let go, I need to forgive. So as we, as we come to take the elements, um, if you still are struggling with anger towards someone or unforgiveness, just hold off taking him this morning. If you did not receive one of these little cups when you came in, if you would raise your hand, one of our First Impressions team member would like to come by. Someone down front here. Over here. Keep your hand raised so they can see you. And they'll come give you uh, the bread and the cup. I, I just had this profound thought as we were lingering that you are more known than you ever would want to be known. Like God knows every part of you, right? That's a fear we all have. If someone really knew me, would they still love me? God knows you more than anyone else in the world, more than you could ever imagine being known. And yet he loves you more than anyone else could ever love you. Isn't that a beautiful thought? As we take the elements, as we think about what Jesus has done for us, he knows you more than you could ever imagine, and he loves you more than you could ever hope. It's a beautiful thought. Um, In verse 26, when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, taking Passover and giving it new meaning and new significance in Jesus, he said this. He broke it, he broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take and eat. This is my body. Let's take it together. And then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And he said, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's take this together. Um, Father, as we continue to just rest in your presence, would you give us a new meaning, a new significance 
to the Lord's Supper, to what you accomplished for us. God, you speak in such different and profound ways than we would think that the disciples would have imagined you explaining, here's exactly how I'm going to die, and here's exactly why, and maybe write this long letter, and instead, you took them to Passover, and you gave what was highly symbolic for the last thousand years, new significant new significance and meaning of what you would accomplish on the cross. Your body broken, your blood poured out so that we could be right before a holy God. You stood as judge and we were justified because of Jesus on the cross. And we are reconciled to you because of his blood. We are made right in our relationship with you. God, there is no greater freedom on this side of eternity than that truth. Would we walk in that no matter what uh, we're facing or going through? God, would the blood of Jesus be so, so significant that it would just turn our hearts to praise and worship of you this morning. God, as we sing a couple more songs and, and, and linger in your presence, would you speak to our hearts? God, give us our, our daily bread. You are a, a God who gives good gifts to your children. Each of us needs a gift from you this morning, a word from you, a scripture from you, a touch from you. Would you do that as we continue to praise your name? Amen.